go. Hey Jason, hey Jason, how have you been? I've been doing well. How have you been? I've been really good. It seems like the listeners really love the episode with Nathan, huh? Yeah, so far that has been our biggest opening. I'd like yeah, to give a big shout out to Nathan and all the people who have been listening to that episode. Yeah, that was a wonderful episode. I hope to have Nathan back again in the future. And yeah, we definitely will have him back again. I mean, I see him regularly. I can We can get him back whenever. Yeah, and Nathan, if you're listening to this, I had a few comments. People are telling me your voice is so soothing. So, <laughs> hey, I, I think... never got that comment before. I never got that comment before. For the fuck, it... listeners, what the fuck? <laughs> Even I ever got to that comment. So it's like, Nathan, if you hear that, come back. <laughs> I think Nathan has a good voice, by the way. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. So about him, just like. Nathan should tell a story, like he should like have an audiobook or something. <laughs> yeah, he can definitely pull that off. He can definitely pull that off. Alright, so what are we doing today? So today, so the, the theme of the month was art and psychology, but we've covered a lot of art and barely anything on psychology, at least not as to the extent or the depth that I would like us to cover. So today okay. we are going into the topic of the psychology of man in art, okay? And I'm going to start us off by reading us an excerpt from Carl Jung's autobiography, Memories, Dreams, Reflections. Okay, okay. okay. So it's a bit, it's one paragraph, but I want you to extrapolate what you come from this, Jason, okay, before I go any further, okay? Uh-huh. So here we go. The decisive question for man is, is he related to something infinite or not? That is the telling question of his life. Only if we know that the thing which truly matters is the infinite can we avoid fixing our interest upon futilities and upon all kinds of goals which are not of real importance. Thus, we demand that the world grant us recognition for qualities which we regard as personal possessions, our talents, or our beauty. The more a man lays stress on false possessions and the less sensitivity he has for what is essential, the less satisfying is his life. He feels limited because he has limited aims, and the result is envy and jealousy. If we understand and feel that there, that here in this life, we already have a link with the infinite, desires and attitudes change. In the final analysis, we count for something only because of the essential, of the essential we embody, and if we do not embody, that life is wasted. In our relationships to other men too, the crucial question is whether an element of boundlessness is expressed in the relationship. So, what did you get from that, Jason? So, okay. Let's start slowly. We'll break this mm-hmm. into sections because I think it's a mm-hmm. wonderful... You said this is a, a scrap from his autobiography? Yes, Carl Young's autobiography. And he wrote his own autobiography or did someone else do it for him? Yes, uh, autobiography implies that he wrote it himself. Biography means it was written by someone yeah, else. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. So, oh my God, like that's... Okay, so start again, start again. Okay, so the decisive question for man is, is he related to something infinite or not? That is the telling question of his life. Okay, let's start from there. The ultimate question of... Of man, is he related to something infinite or not? Are we gods? Mm Mm-hmm. Are we related to God? Do we come are from we, a God? Or are we just biological entities? Okay. Are we so God? I think because I, when I hear the infinite, I'm like, what is more infinite than God? You know. 
Okay. Did uh-huh. we just uh-huh. did we create God in our image, or did He create uh-huh. us in His image? Uh-huh. And okay. the infinite uh-huh. in this case is like it's like almost like our boundless potential and our boundless the opportunities that come the endless opportunities that human beings can create you know whether it's mm-hmm. through our own creativity through our own intellect or whatever you want to call it right so there's mm-hmm. that boundless i guess people will call it even divine there's a bit of divinity mm-hmm. within human <clears throat> beings and that is what from my understanding that is what you can call the infinite you know okay and okay even despite that, right? Um, like we're a creature that can contemplate the infinite. We can contemplate the future. We can plan like 20, 30 years ahead. We can dream about things, anything. And mm-hmm. the next day when we wake up, we can make those dreams a reality. You know, that is mm-hmm. literally godlike power, godlike ability, mm-hmm. you know, bringing mm-hmm. fiction into reality. Yet, we are ultimately food for worms you know you're gonna end up in the Mm. ground and it's gonna rot and become a tree you know and that's Mm. the end of oscar that's the end of jason so it's Mm. like there's these two extremes at all times pulling you in this direction putting you in this direction and it's like it's 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 almost like or God trapped inside a mortal body or God trapped inside a man's body, you know? And that can be very, very... It's almost tragic. Like, being a human being is just, like... The human existence is, like, innately tragic. You know? Here, what I see is that... So the question once again for sorry listeners for repeating over and over again is here is man related to something infinite or not? And there's no way there's no one way of telling whether that whether that is the case or whether it is not the case, you know. That you can't prove or disprove the existence of our relationship to God or even even God is real, right? But just like you have said, Jason, we do try to express ourselves creatively, right? Symbolically. And those creations and so last last week with, with Nathan we talked about how so Nathan and other street artists create these murals that they know will be taken down in a few in a few weeks in a few months you know someone will paint over them right and how their art is just it's just a momentary creation it's temporary, you know yeah. it's it's temporary it's bound for destruction right uh-huh. however that art needs to be created it needs to come out of the mind of the artist right uh-huh. and with all art this all art seeks to answer this question question is man related to something infinite or not and i believe artists say so powerfully yes we are related to something infinite something boundless something timeless right when an author writes a book you know like we have the greatest writers in history you know we have Dostoevsky, you have tolstoy the greatest writers who's who died ages ago but their books are being read and reread over and over again right, right. they are living they're they have been immortalized. It may be, the, the authors haven't been immortalized, but their work has immortalized the avatar that is Tolstoy. The work has immortalized the avatar that is Yostovesky, you know? Steinbeck, any artist you have in mind, you know? Their work has immortalized them. 
<clears throat> so the artist answers the question, you know, yes, we are related to something infinite. For a bunch of for a bunch of apes, we've done a lot, mm. don't you think? <laughs> yeah. well, we've done quite a bit for a bunch of apes. You know? <laughs> we have trains, we have the internet, we have Instagram, you know. Yep, yep. For a yep. bunch of apes, we're doing pretty well. So <laughs> yeah. So okay, what is the next section? Oh, so the next question is only if we know that the thing which truly matters is the infinite, can we avoid fixing our interest upon futilities and upon all kinds of goals which are not of real importance. And that reads like a Bible quote. Like I feel like there's, prob- there's probably there's probably like a proverb somewhere that matches. <laughs> like seriously, okay. Um, yeah, it's the kind of battle we do every day, right? You wake mm-hmm. up in the morning and it's like, do I walk closer to the infinite or to heaven, mm-hmm. or do I be chained my by my earthly and human desires and mm-hmm. fail? fail to like reach out for something greater than myself and in that mm-hmm. failure i am stuck in suffering the, mm-hmm. suffer- the suffering of this life you know the suffering of existence mm-hmm. you know so i perpetuate the i guess is it buddhism buddhism the whole cycle of suffering you know yes buddhism is buddhism yeah so like you can get stuck there you know if you're not careful yeah i mean we, we do get stuck i mean like just the, the idea that you and i can complain about our jobs right that is us. We yeah, been, exactly. That is us. Yeah, being we've, stuck. we've been stuck. We've been stuck in the cycle. You know, we're 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 complaining over futilities. It's not like it's not that a job is a futile effort. I mean, it's there's something to be gained from your job. They are built to, to you know just <laughs> getting your daily bread, right? The problem is, is that in today's world, we get so used to things very very fast. You know, the world is moving at extreme speeds, right? Something that happens today, people forget about it in like two three days right we have major news breaks almost like every hour or something like that which was unheard of like 30 40 years ago right you'd get news updates per day at the very least right per day now you're getting it every hour shit you might be getting it every 10 minutes you know and like that that has caused our brains and like our social that has called us like the social mentality or the social psychic has like it, it's been pushed into this like oh you know we're constantly absorbing information and we're constantly discarding information at the same time right to be able to keep up with the extreme speeds in which like data and information has been thrown at us and the problem with that is that like in that action of like absorbing all of this information and discarding all of this information we get used to things very very fast and when you get used to things very very fast you lose perspective right so for like our jobs for example oscar it's like if we took if we were able to like be in our great grandparents shoes for one day of their lives like we were able to like just go there you know mentally be with them for one day of, of their lives I come back here, I will be forever changed. We will truly understand how fucking good we have it right now and probably never complain again for the rest of our lives, you know? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, people, we lose pers- perspective so fast, you know? People are just so quick to complain, you know? This is a huge tangent. I'm not really sure how. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither am I. Neither am I. Yeah, <laughs> just so you, you know, we got cut off for a few minutes, so it's not that huge, you know? Actually. 
Okay, so the next line, the next. Okay, so that was the point we're talking about. Then was like fixing our interest upon futilities and goals that are not, which are not of real importance, right? I'm gonna cut all of that out, by the way. <laughs> Probably. Okay, so next we move on to the next part. Thus, we demand that the world grant us recognition for qualities which we regard as personal possessions, our talent or our beauty. What do you think about that? So now I think, for me personally, say, say that again. That... Sorry, sorry, just say that one more time. Okay, so one more time. Thus, we demand that the world grant us recognition for our qual- for qualities which are re- which we regard as personal possessions, our talent or our beauty. So here, I would like to imagine that this is what we talk about when the artist goes forth into the darkness to find gold. You know, the artist toiling for years and years to to develop this skill, this talent that they believe they will gain recognition for, which is not always the case, right? Mm. But the fact having someone like a Lil Wayne, you know, a Chris Nolan, you know, all these all these big big time filmmakers, rappers, all these guys, they worked for years in the shadows, right? They were in the shadows for years uh-huh. to develop this thing, you know, this thing that is now we see as magic. It's like when Lil Wayne raps, it's almost magical. When we watch a Chris Nolan movie, it's like, oh, it's you, you get sucked into the movie, right? Mm. But how long did they work in the shadows to, to develop this thing so they can earn that recognition, that true personal possession that is their talent, their earn, their hard-earned skill? I think the truth is that most people can't focus on one thing the way some uh-huh. of these artists do. Because like with Chris uh-huh. Nolan and filmmakers, for example, mm. the average film, like the average, like we're talking about like a big budget Hollywood film, the average mm. production time is like at least three to four years, right? And these people who are working on this, especially the writers and producers, are literally Mm. talking about this one project day in and day out. Oscar, have you ever worked on one thing for three years? Day in and day out, you're talking about the exact same thing. My body, motherfucker, my body, my body. (laughs) You're arguing over the exact same shit with other people. You know, you're trying to work with your team for three years. Three full years. Like... By the time the three years are done, like your blood, your sweat, your tears, like everything has gone into that film, you know, everything, Mm. every single thing. Most people can't do that, you know, because again, our generation is a bit weird with Instagram. Everything's moving so fast. We don't have the attention span for it, one. But two, even with like, it's always been hard to do that, you know, it's always been really hard. And the people who do develop that kind of skill to like really dedicate and sacrifice themselves for like their work or their art are the people who really like ascend basically ascend to a different level you know i'd like to think that i would like to i would like to go back to the question of of sacrifice right so you say that in order for you to be to gain this recognition right you have to sacrifice a lot like three four years of your of your of your life to, to commit to one thing right yeah however there's also the guy going back to this to the point of Van Gogh, who sacrificed his life for art, but as he was living, got nothing from his sacrifice. It, it, exactly. Right? So mm. that, that's even part of the whole. I don't want to say tragedy, but it could lead in tragedy. That's the part of the whole journey where it's like, even if you sacrifice all this time, sweat, and tears towards whatever you're working on or whatever mm. artwork you're working on, there is mm. no guarantees still that you might get recognition for this work so it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like it, 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 it's a thing where it's like it's almost like a gamble that you're taking 
But then, with artists, it's it, it, a lot of them would probably say, like, this is their passion. They feel like they have to do it. There's nothing else that brings them better joy or greater joy than doing what they do, you know? Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you on that point. So, so it's, 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 to... it's, it's not even, like, I guess it's not a reasonable thing. It's not a logical thing. I don't think you can explain this away with logic, right? No, no, no. There, there's no logic. It's like finding logic in god you know there's no logic in that it's like if you really look at it everyone will be like but you're crazy you're stupid it's clearly exactly. not working you should stop right yeah. but then you tell them it's like no man this is just yeah. who i am as a person yeah. i need to do this you know so you need to be like a little bit unreasonable in order to go really far with your work you know you need to be a little bit crazy i guess that's that's the whole insanity element you need to be a little bit crazy Going back to the point of utilities, I think now this brings up, this raises the question again. Is daily life, they know, not daily life, normal life, is it futile? You know, waking up in the morning, going to your nine to five job, you know, coming back home, having dinner, going to bed, repeating the thing over and over again, instead of committing your life to this one passion project. What, what is futile here? So I will see, in the world we live in, people see you need to find a job. You know, get some financial stability in your life, right? Which does make sense. You need to, At eat, least you need to take care of your family. Right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But now, on the the on the flip side of this is that if you commit ten years to your passion project, to your art form, it is possible to earn to gain financial stability in the end. It is possible, not guaranteed. It's possible, right? Mm-hmm. However, you can go those 10, 20 years committing to your passion project and gain nothing. The tragedy that you spoke about. On the other on the other side, you can have your stable, fi- financially stable nine to five job for fifty years and be miserable for the entire fifty years. So which one is worth it? What's worth it here? I literally have a friend uh-huh. who sells Smurf T-shirts, mm-hmm. Smurf T-shirts and graffiti, Smurf graffiti mm-hmm. T-shirts online mm-hmm. on Fiverr, which is this online platform that allows you to like buy stuff basically. Mm-hmm. Sells mm-hmm. it on Fiverr and Amazon. And mm-hmm. I would say he, rough, he roughly makes like, what, 40, 50k a month off of it. Mm-hmm. It's literally mm-hmm. a small business on its own, right? Okay. 40, okay. 50k in Kenya shillings per month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's making lots of money, but he's literally the happiest person. One of the happiest yep. people yep. I know yep. right now. And yep. then I have like an, another friend who literally mm-hmm. went to Yale. Mm-hmm. And he's a lawyer. He's a big time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's he's a full time lawyer now. I I'm, I think he's a full time lawyer. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked with some of my friends' group, he was suicidal. And the guy's mm-hmm. probably making like, like he's working in New York as a lawyer. So I know he's making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. You know, mm-hmm. and it's the same sort of story you see everywhere. You have these millionaires and billionaires that like. They're, they're fucking miserable, man. Mm-hmm. They're working at things that... They're working in jobs that they don't like. And it's, it's it's been shown, I think, in so many researches that once... Once you have enough money to meet mm-hmm. your basic needs mm-hmm. and maybe some of your wants, so there's sort of like a cutoff line, mm-hmm. once you have enough money, mm-hmm. making any more money beyond that line doesn't improve your overall satisfaction or happiness with your, within your own life, right? Oh, I think it was $75,000 per year. 
I think they were trying to make a number for it. Yeah, I remember it was $75,000 in the research or the article I was reading too. But like, I'm trying to be general. Yeah, because it's again, it's like something that they're still studying and researching on, right? Yeah. So, so whatever that line, case, wherever that line is, right? Basically, yeah. once you reach beyond it, though, right? Let's say 75k, 100k, or whatever it is, right? It's like the extra money is not going to improve your life at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the futility is here chasing the money. You're chasing what what we call financial stability. Because is that the futility? Because you want that, and as soon as you get that, you want something else. And then you want mm. this, then you want that, then you want this, and, then, and you quickly realize like, isn't our wants like the main source of our misery? Honestly, that like we try to feed into yeah, that. It, yeah, it goes back to Buddhism again. God goes back to Buddhism again. Yes, yes. Because you realize at one point, oh, I don't have the sexy gym body. Oh, I don't have the sexy yeah. wife. Oh, I don't have that car. Mm. I don't have a. I don't have a big penis. I don't have like that job. I don't have the mm. same social status as this guy. You keep on fighting, fighting for all of these things, and before you know it, it's like you've lost yourself in the fight. You know? Yeah, you've lost yourself. Where Where is Jason now? Where is Oscar? Like Oscar is is under all this pile of and know, what's of and <laughs> what's worse today is that we've let corporations and companies tell us what we want, whether it's through advertising, through movies. Hollywood has been doing this for a very long time, right? Feeding us like, feeding us a very specific culture. I, I, I like it's almost propaganda-ish, where it's like, this is what we should be doing with our lives, right? The American dream. This is the American dream. Let's go for this, you know. This is what mm. peace and love looks like, right? If you don't have mm-hmm. a, if you're not, if you're not. If you don't own your own house and your own car by the age of like twenty-eight or thirty, if you're not sorted out your life, you're a failure. You know, like it, okay, some of it isn't from Hollywood, but these are like the micro theses within our society, right? You have to be married mm-hmm. at this time. You have to have your job sorted at this time, and it's like no one. At some point, we haven't even questioned why. You know, it's it's very. I think it's very silly, actually. It's very ridiculous. You don't question why because everyone around you is doing the same thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. You you only question something if you find a crack in the matrix. When you have that one friend, like your guy who's selling t-shirts on Amazon, the small t-shirts. Now that guy will make people around him question why they're doing whatever the fuck they're doing, you know. And it's only because by... he was selling, <laughs> like you said, he's only... the crack in the matrix. Mm. When you find that yeah. glitch in the matrix, it's only when you find that glitch, or when you read about other people's stories, do you realize like having your entire life sorted out by twenty-eight, for example. I'll focus on that. It's, it's so ridiculous. You know, yeah. when you look at all these people who have been successful, like 90% of them, literally 90, 90, 95% of people did not know what the hell they were doing at all. You know, so to say that you have your entire life sorted out, like, I, I don't know where we get these ideas from, honestly. I don't know where they've come from. We've no, but you said yourself, it's, it's movies, it's literature, it's, it's all around us. It's Instagram. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Art, I believe, helps it's... us break away from that. What? Art can help us break away from that. Art can help you break away. However, people don't. The the most like okay, we're going going to films, right? Uh. The most popular movies are the movies that that tell you the stories you want to hear, the stories you you liked you would like to hear, right? Uh huh. As a man, you want a story whereby the man is the big strong hero, right? Uh huh. 
it's very hard for a man to enjoy a movie where a young girl comes up as a, comes up as the hero, right? Is it? I I just give an example or like are you It's an example. It's an oh, example. Okay, okay. It's an example. <laughs> yes. But uh, uh, just think about it. Would you rather watch a Jason Taylor movie or a movie where the lead is is a, is some high school girl? As you, as you, Jason, as you, as you, what, what would you, a Jason say the action movie or a, a movie with Demi Lovato as the lead? Which movie are you going to watch? You know what? This is a hard question think... because it, it's working off stereotypes and the things no, that I expect. But it is, but it is, but it, like, so answer the question, which movie are you going to watch this, Jason? It's Jason Statham. Exactly. And it's not because you don't like little girls, you don't like Demi Lovato, it's not like, it's only because you, you, you hate women, it's not about that. The point here is you want to watch something that you already have prior belief in, right? And the prior belief is that the man is the hero and I want to be like this guy who's the hero. He's tough, he's strong. I, I aspire to be like him, right? So I'm going to go and indulge in that. But that's not always the case. You can it's definitely the case. watch something you have not, like you don't know the actors, you know nothing about the film. It's not, it's not always the case. But it's it is a majority. It's most it's most of the it's the case most of the time. That's why all the big budget movies in a, in Hollywood, they're all it's all the same plot, plot line, all the same actors, right? They're banking on almost like uh, faith. It's almost yes, like faith but, and uh, trust. It's, it's not faith. It's not faith. It's a science. It's a science. This plot has shown success over and over and over again. Why would we trust a different plot, right? Think about every action movie we've seen since we were born, Jason. It's basically the same story over and over again. It's basically just the same story over and over and over again. This goes into what Nathan mentioned last week, where it's like, that's when those crony elements are born, right? People are basically repackaging the same thing. Exactly. Over and over exactly. again and claiming, oh, look at this wonderful art piece, right? But yeah. it's like, what have they? what work have they really done? What creativity has been done here? Nothing, right? They've just taken the same thing and repackaged it as something else, you know? And then they feed it back again, to you. You know, it's funny because I agree with that, but also on the other hand, I see that that's what the audience wants, you know? Yeah, there's you, definitely like... So it's not, it's not about like the creators. It's Okay, so I will in this case, I will say the people who are making these Marvel movies, these Avengers movies, they're, they're not really artists. They're just really smart businessmen. Does that make sense? Because they see that you guys, yeah. So we, you guys want this. They keep wanting a new Marvel movie. They keep wanting a new Avengers movie. Just go back, go back to the old script. Change a few lines here and there. Give it back to them, and we'll buy it because we like that story. We like the story of Iron Man struggling and eventually rising from the ashes. Right? We like the story of the Hulk trying to hold his anger in only to find out he's been angry the entire time, you know? We want to see that over and over again. We enjoy that. We are being given what we want. We are being given what we want. It's not about what we believe we want. No, we do want it. We do want it. And we want it also because everyone around us seems to want it. You don't want to be the awkward guy who's in us in, in the theater claiming to hate Avengers and all your friends are having a good time, right? But this is where, the fuck are you there? But this is the wonderful thing. Um, I would actually, if we had more time, I wanted to talk with Nathan about this because I was just like, you need that crony, crony 
elements. Why? Because mm. when something gets widely adopted large enough, there will always be a group of people. It doesn't even have to be a group. It can be one person that sparks mm. something with a new idea. And that mm-hmm. new idea becomes the counter the counter push. The counterculture. The counterculture, exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. from that counterculture, something new is usually always born, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have this push-pull relationship with mainstream media and mainstream culture, or like pop culture and counterculture. There's always mm-hmm. like a push and pull, push and pull, like, right? And from this, you get... I don't want to say you generate... You don't always necessarily generate new ideas. Mm-hmm. But... Amongst the cracks, some creativity usually comes out, you know? And if you're paying attention, I think you can find it. Mm-hmm. So for me, for example, like indie movies, right? Whenever Hollywood movies, especially horror indie movies, right? Because like I said, I, mm-hmm. I really love horror films. The Hollywood horror films are so mm-hmm. bad, man. Like like you said, it's all jump scares. It's all, it's all jump scares, exactly. They're relying on the same visual language. For like 30 years, 40 years, you know? There's a reason why they can't make slasher films anymore. Like slashers, you know, like Jason or Freddy. Mm Because the genre, they've remade that same film over and over again to death. They can't make those Mm -hmm. films anymore. And Hollywood Mm -hmm. does that thing where it's like they keep... Like when they find something that works, an equation that works, they squeeze it and milk it until there's nothing left at Mm -hmm. all. That people can when people literally say stop, we can't stand this anymore. That's when they stop, right? Like the Transformer films. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. First two, everyone's mm-hmm. like, all right. First two, all right, all right, all right, all right. And then three, four, five, and then you're just like, just stop, you know? So indie films is like, it's where you find the real creativity. People are not making artwork or films for money. And sometimes they know, sometimes, like, most of, most indie films don't even get recognition. So these are mm. people who are purely doing it for the art form itself. Purely doing it, doing it because they have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get some of the most amazing films, honestly. And again, it's within those cracks, like I said, within the cr- cracks of the counter mainstream pop culture war, you get those indie films, you know? So it's on the fringes. Um... It's just where you look, man. If you're paying attention, I can say the same thing about like indie films. There's games to music, right? You have the Kanye Wests, the Eminems, the Lil Wayne's. All these people started out with just mixtapes somewhere, right? Yeah. It's only somebody had to recognize them. There had to be someone paying attention to these fringes, to somebody, to something that pops out, you know? And they say like, oh, this person right here, he's the diamond in the rough. He's the diamond in the Okay, rough. okay. So I, I totally agree with this. However, it's very hard to pay attention to those indie to those indie, indie productions. It, it, claimed, it, right? It's kind of easy with the internet, though. Like people I mean, aren't I mean, trying. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree with it. However, right now we're so inundated with Netflix, you know, with Apple Music, with Spotify, and the, whatever algorithms you have in your in your particular device, they give you what you've already been listening to. You know, just variations of what you've already been listening to, right? So. I so if think... I listen to Drake, if I listen to Drake, Spotify will suggest me an indie rapper. It's going to give me the baby, you know, someone mm. who's closely rich to take to Drake in the rap world, right? Mm. So that's why I'm saying it's very hard unless I go out searching, typing in 
best indie rappers, best indie movies, you know? I won't find those things. Of course, yeah, I should, it's easy for me to type best indie, indie movies. It's quite easy. But if I'm watching Netflix, I probably won't find the best indie movies from 2020, right? And that's why a lot of them mm-hmm. are, are incorporating machine learning and mm-hmm. algorithms that learn mm-hmm. from user behavior. Because mm-hmm. for them, in order, if they were constantly just recommending you stuff, Mm-hmm. you would get annoyed and walk away as a user because it's just like mm-hmm. oh this platform you'll get frustrated and say this platform doesn't have anything i like right so what they the, the the algorithms and the machine learning is doing is basically it's looking at what kind of music you listen to and mm, exactly, recommending exactly. music and videos based on that you know exactly, exactly. and the best example of this is youtube youtube algorithm it can be a real miss sometimes and mm-hmm. give you some random stuff like okay the stuff that it recommends isn't even really truly random but let's say stuff that you wouldn't necessarily want to see you know mm-hmm. stuff that is just like meh or okay to you but once mm-hmm. in a while it will recommend something that makes you go like wow that's actually something i like or something that mm-hmm. i was looking for you know mm-hmm. or even if i even if i wasn't looking for it it's still like a surprise to see you know mm-hmm. so a lot of these platforms there's that and also there's also like user created user curated um there's user created tools within the platform mm. so like spotify mm. has the ability for you to create your own playlist and share it with other people right mm. so you yourself doesn't you don't have to go look for the indie music you can follow somebody who's literally spending <laughs> their every waking hour curating and organizing indie mm, music okay, okay. and all you okay, have to okay. do is follow their playlist right and their playlist mm-hmm. changes every week or every two weeks or something like that right mm-hmm. so it's like i agree with what you're saying that um these big platforms are being corporatized and they have this business and money making incentives so they push to mm. you these big products that are might be phony I guess phony and crony and all that but at the same time it has made it like again if you look you can mm, easily okay, find okay. these other like smaller more creative artists on these big platforms if you truly want to find them I think people are just like you said people are just content with the with the garbage that we're getting fed every day you know no, uh, we're definitely content. I know, I know, I am. I know, I am at the very least. I can mm, say I am. I've barely like, I haven't opened Netflix in almost like a month and a half. And mm-hmm. I used to open Netflix and open the front page and enjoy mm-hmm. almost everything on the front page. It used mm-hmm. to be like a wonder to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, the stuff that they've been pushing to me on the front page is literally making me go like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm literally maybe, on the like, I don't know if I'm using a VPN or maybe it's just Netflix Japan that does that because I've noticed the same thing. Mm. Netflix Japan pushes some very boring things to me. Maybe it's Netflix Japan. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I know with the current state, with just not even Netflix, it's films to... I think the only avenue I have now is like games. Games is like... Even games... Oh, no, but even games has its big corporatization and money-making... Um, I mean, it's, it's everything. Yeah, it's if, everything. If, if you, some money can be made from a, from a product, the crones, the crones are going to be there. So it's money. The will be there, yeah. If it's money to be made, the vultures will be there. 
Is money toxic to creativity and art? Do we, do we just have to ask that question? Uh, I think money can inspire an artist for sure, especially when he's young and broke. He can definitely inspire artists <laughs> to, to create better art. Okay. <laughs> With rappers, right? In music. That's yeah. true. That makes sense. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know? Yeah. It's definitely an inspiration. However, once they're big enough, they start doing pulling the same old shit that the movie makers are pulling, you know? Just going back to the history of, of... Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But in, in the beginning, yes, my th- I believe money is, is an inspiration. It's a motivator. It definitely is. So is it, it really is. the money or is it the mm-hmm. needs themselves they're doing it because they know like sure they'll get money but the money will satisfy their needs and once their it's, needs are it's satisfied, the freedom that comes with money it's, the, it's, ne- it's never like it's never really about the money for anyone it's never really about the money it's the freedom that comes with having money right mm-hmm. but then at some point you get trapped in that in that cycle i okay i, I don't know i don't i assume so I, i've never been rich in my life i assume at some point you get trapped in the cycle of belief of, of that standard of living you've set for yourself so if you're used to living with a million dollars a month and all of a sudden you have sure. to go, out, go down to 500,000, it's like, what the fuck is happening, right? For sure. Me and so you're making, it takes to go back. <laughs> making the largest salaries we've ever made in our entire yeah. lives. Yeah. And we still complain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Me and you, like right now, I have more stuff than I've ever had before. I still complain. Dude, I have too much stuff. I have too much stuff. Just Too much stuff. It's like, I remember when I was parking to come to Osaka, it's like, I was like, why the fuck do I have all this stuff in my house? There's too many things in my house. Still... And then you're going to pay like a huge premium to move all the stuff too, right? That's when it hits you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. Why do I have all these things? It doesn't make any sense. But still, you know, you, I say that now, but tomorrow I'll find myself buying something else, you know? So going back to what I was saying, I think you need... It's almost like we need an enemy. The art world and like in certain art forms, you need... You need... Not an enemy. Mm. You need a boundary created. And then it's from that boundary that people start to think creatively of how to break out of the box. Or literally think outside of the box. Okay, okay, okay. So that see, boundary see, is that established, that established, um, established like archetypes within the art form, the established style. So for example, with movies, it's like what's blowing up right now, superhero films, right? Mm-hmm. What do super films need? They need like a, a diverse cast. They need an origin story. You know, these, these things we've seen over and over and over and over again, right? And like you mm-hmm. said previously, it's like, this is what works. That's why they keep pumping out the same, same thing over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, and that creates that boundary. It creates a system. You put X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z in. Superhero movie is the result. It gets pumped out. Money mm-hmm. is made. Money gets put back into the the inputs. Money is put back into the system. And then you do it like all over again to make mm-hmm. even more money next time, you know? So it's just feeding itself, feeding itself, feeding itself until it can't, when the system mm. breaks down. But what happens is that people look at the system, right? Or they look at those boundaries and say like, hey, we don't have to do this anymore, right? It takes mm. somebody who climbs over the fence and says like, you know what? 
enough of this superhero film. I'm gonna do vampire films, you know? And they make one vampire film and boom! Before you know it, everyone's on vampire films, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. I agree with that. So being able so, to break out of that mold, being able to like stand out. Basically, so the art to... form the art form here needs limitations, and those limitations are what give room for the future artists to break out f- like the limitations of the limitations are your walls. The, the limitations are the, it's the boundaries of the, the it's the box, right? Yeah. It's the box. And each art form needs to have a box. Otherwise, there won't be room for growth. Out yes. of the box. Yes, 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 yes. Basically, which it's okay. It make it's weird it, thinking, but it's it weird. Sense. No, but it's it's almost like yeah. it is very weird actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> you need sense? you need form mm. in order to. Eh, okay, this one's gonna be hard. Well, I think you need. Uh, this is the simple form simplified. You need a box so you can break out of the box. Yes. Yes, basically. You need a box. <laughs> <laughs> basically, but that's that's the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, the I same, like it, I like it. The same way we need human oh, this is going to be a hot one. You need we need human tragedy and suffering. Mm-hmm. Because it like almost like in a video game, if human beings were all powerful all knowing so all powerful all knowing and let's say we were immortal too right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then there is no game life mm-hmm, ceases mm-hmm. to have meaning because we can mm-hmm. do anything be anyone just like it's, that it's not even life anymore it's not even life, it's not it's in life like... anymore what what the yeah. hell is happiness anymore yeah. when you yeah. have everything when you are everything when you can do anything and you know everything mm. it's boring there's nothing there's literally no game you need rules mm. You need rules and limitations in order mm. to have a game, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a clear goal in mind. You have a clear idea of what winning is and what losing is, right? Mm-hmm. In that sense, it's like human tragedy is like the other side of the coin that gives life meaning, right? Mm-hmm. It's by over. You need human tragedy in order to overcome it, to create mm-hmm. happiness, to create meaning, mm-hmm. to create significance within your own life. Mm-hmm. If we had everything and we were everything and we were all powerful right from the get go, then man, we wouldn't even be creating art. What would be the point of creating art? We know everything. We are everything. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no mm-hmm. need for art anymore. There's no need for any yeah, of things yeah. any, anymore, right? So, like you said, in that weird way, you need the box in order to break out of the box. Yeah, yeah. The limitations define you as much as you define you. <laughs> It's weird, but you need the limitations. Oh, yeah, you know, actually, this is that's wonderful. Let me tell you why it's wonderful. Because in this same this same thing I was reading on Carl Young, he says something that is very similar to that, right? Uh-huh. He says, hold on, give me one second, I need to find this. The cup is defined by all of the space outside of the cup as much as the shape or the form of the cup itself. Or just, or maybe even on the same level. Let me say that again. So, mm-hmm. the shape of the cup mm-hmm. gives it as much form as the space with that, with the space outside of the cup. Please, so you okay, need you this. need the space outside of the cup in order to have shape. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is it's, it's it's weird. I'm trying to I'm trying to create one a good analogy for it, but I'm pretty sure the listeners at home already got it with yours. Yours was the best. Yeah, mine was simplified. Okay, so this is what Carl Young says. He says, "You are unique in your limitations. Your limitations are what make you unique." That's it. That's basically what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That I like the way, it. so even within the limitations of our own lives, we, we apply that to art too. We, I yes. think we apply it to everything in our lives. Uh-huh. We create systems with order. Uh-huh. The systems, if we keep on working on the systems, they increasingly move towards order and away from chaos. And as we move closely and closely towards order, we tend to put more restrictions and more limitations until we break or free and go back into chaos. And then we do mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm, thing over mm-hmm. again. So the cycle of chaos into order, order into ex- super order or extreme order, extreme order leads to chaos. And then we start again. I like that. I like that. Because... I think once we reach super order, extreme order, it's just as extreme as, t- as as too much chaos, right? Too much chaos. There's no form. There's nothing, right? Like you're in danger. You you're in constant darkness. You're cold, and you can't find things, right? Reaching out, you can't feel the things next to you. So on paper, like you I want would say safety. That... You want safety, and you want some form of on, like on paper. I will say extreme order is Nazi Germany, right? Exactly, exactly. That's when yeah. you when you take it too far to extreme order, it's like devolves into chaos. You have to go back to chaos. The cycle must repeat. Yes. At, yeah. at, at extreme order, there's usually one or two values that are like been taken to like uh, a ridiculous extreme. Mm. And that initially those are the values that you, that were created in order to prevent suffering and mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to improve the lives of people. But because it's become super order, that very same value that was originally created to save people ends up becoming the one thing that hurts people and mm. kills people and creates more suffering. So then that super order breaks down because people start yeah. to rebel against it. This is this I is think... a weird <laughs> this is a weird talk. I didn't expect us to, to reach here. <laughs> I mean it's been a good one. It's been a good one. Maybe I should, I should start off with more excerpts from books from next time. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we finished the quote? At the very least, we need to finish it. No, we haven't finished the quote. It goes on. Let me, let me proceed. So the next part, he goes on to say that the more a man lays stress on false possessions and the less sensitivity he has for what is essential, the less satisfying is his life. I think we've spoken about that. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Then he goes on to say he feels limited because he has limited aims. And the result is envy and jealousy. We talked about that too, kind of. The whole, like... He has limited aims. Mm -hmm. If you're aiming for, like... A beach body. For status, yeah. A sports car, you know? You'll never be satisfied. You'll You'll never be satisfied. Someone will have something better than you. Exactly. 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 Next. If we understand and feel that here in this life, we already have a link with the infinite desires and attitudes change it's funny we already all talked about this yeah exactly <laughs> so just repeat Next. that 
distribute that. Okay, okay, just go next. That's okay. fine. We talked about that too. So, in the final analysis, we count for something only. Be- we count for something only because of the essential we embody. And if we do not embody that, life is wasted. Does that make sense? There's a quote somewhere that says that man or men live two lives. Mm. The first one starts when they are born. And okay. the second one yes. begins when they realize that they yes. only have one. Oh, I my the one I had was a bit different. The one that I had was a bit different, similar but different. I might be misquoting it. Or uh, the one I had was that men have two lives. The first begins when they're born, and the first and the second begins when they realize why they were born. Oh yeah, no, it's different. It's different. Yeah. But this one is when it's like okay, so the second one begins when you realize that you only have one life to live. Mm, okay, yeah, the different different one. And so, I think okay. it it goes to what your quote was saying. You know, mm. if you're not striving so, for that ultimate, for divinity and that ultimate meaning within your own life, you get trapped in that cycle of suffering, and you feel like every waking moment is hard. Breathing is hard. I mean, like that, that's it. Like that's basically being trapped in the rat race. You know, you have you have not been able to contend with yourself. You have not made an adversary of yourself of your weakness. So you go out into the world. You go outside seeking the advers- adversarial relationship out with nature, right? Mm. Instead of working with your demons and finding God within you, you go out into the world and try to find the best Posca, you know? The sexiest woman, right? Mm. And then you lose touch with the div- divinity, the infinite within yourself. And so I was talking, yesterday I was talking to my wife about this, how like, we're talking about our childhoods and how she was telling me she was... She was telling me she used to feel a bit alienated from her family as a kid. And I was telling her, yeah, it's, I used to feel the same way, right? And I don't really understand why. Because from what I can remember, my family loved me. They treated me with, with respect. Those, but I still felt alienated from my family. Uh. And I thought my family can't understand me. But now as an adult, I realize the real problem is that I don't understand myself. And maybe I've never understood myself. But at a younger age... I wasn't able to look at myself and say that this is where the problem lies. I was saying the problem is out there in the world, you know. It's not it's not me, it's the world. And we do that so much because it's yeah. like we just expect people to understand what we want and need. Exactly. To understand your thoughts, you know, like <laughs> not having a problem with, with someone but not telling them and just hoping they, they'll they'll figure it out, you know. Exactly. When you have <laughs> figured it out yourself, you know. Exactly. We're all exactly. guilty of this. And yeah. I think it's that it's only when you're in a relationship, definitely in my current relationship, mm. is when you realize it's like communication is hard, and the person you're talking to, like whatever you're thinking, might be super clear in your mind, but whatever yes, yes, yes. You're, you're telling them makes no sense at all. <laughs> makes no sense at all. It's almost like yeah. you're, you're speaking the same language, sure, but it's like you're not speaking the same language. So yeah, ideas, la- ideas, emotions, think? and like your inner thoughts and what you're trying to convey gets, just goes over each other's heads, you know? Yep. What you said right now just goes well into the final uh, sentence for, of this excerpt. It says, in our relationship to other men too, the crucial question is whether an element of boundlessness is expressed in the relationship. I think that's that what we strive for in every relationship. Yes. yes. 
I think it's when you find that infinity within yourself, you can go out into the world and share it with the people around mm-hmm. you. And that goes with the, our family members, our friends. And um, one of the best ways to do that is to make art. Art inspires mm-hmm. us, makes us sad. It, 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 makes, it forces us to like look at ourselves, look at the way we yes, live our yes. lives. And then yeah, question definitely us, makes us really definitely art. Like I was saying the last two episodes ago, uh, the mind of an artist. Art is definitely a conversation with yourself, with yeah. your unconscious mind. And if you not partake, I think all human beings should partake of of the fruit of the bounty that is art, right? Because a... art it feeds it feeds your soul, it feeds you, it nourishes you. And there's a reason why when you see the story of dictatorship and one-party systems across the entire human civilization. They always take, they want to destroy art. Art, art <laughs> is one of the very first things that they look to destroy, art and literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music too. They go after music. Yeah. They kill the artists yeah. and they kill all yeah. those people because those are the people that usually try to shine the light on things that shouldn't be said, things that can't be explained yeah. in language. Exactly. The things that we don't quite understand and the things you don't understand, that's the darkness, Jason. That's what we fear the most. And sometimes those are the things that we don't even want to look at. But the artist exactly. force, forces us with their artwork. Yeah. Like a mirror to your face. Look at one. Yeah. Look at your reflection. Look at the one thing yeah. that you don't want to look at. You know, It forces yeah. you to like face yourself. Yeah. And face the problems and therein, of life. That therein is the psychology of art, right? The psychology of money and art. And art is, is a mirror. Art is a mirror. Art is a mirror. And there's the meaning of why we do yes. art. And why it's important yeah. for everyone to do art. Mm-hmm. And with that, it's the yes, end. End of the theme. That was a wonderful episode, Jason. I've really enjoyed that. <laughs> There's that argument we had. I'm like, how much of the argument I'm gonna keep? Let's see. We'll figure it. I'll it figure was it out. Probably like three minutes. Probably like three minutes. I guess it was like five, eight minutes, and I was just really? like, <laughs> it was a long argument. But honestly, yeah. this month has been, it's been the best. I've really enjoyed every episode. It seems like it. Yeah, we've got we had our first guest. We have a wonderful producer mm-hmm. who did a very great job, Oscar Ruto. Thank you, Jason. Thank <laughs> you. Jason. We had topic. a wonderful editor, <laughs> a wonderful technician, a wonderful technician, Jason Musal. <laughs> I try. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> look at us just giving ourselves medals. It's like that meme of Obama giving himself <laughs> the Nobel Prize. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay um but seriously um this was not possible without like the guests and the listeners at home yeah, people yeah, giving definitely. us feedback you know yeah me and you can talk like this every other day but it's it's really the listeners the people who, listen the listeners, right now, man. Yeah, who really make it possible and who like really motivate us and inspire us to do more so as usual a big thank you very generous and all the listeners, all the people who share the podcast, you know, the numbers are growing, Jason. The numbers are growing. They are know? growing rapidly, rapidly. Very good numbers at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are people? What what should people people be looking forward to in the next episode, Oscar? So the next episode, we're moving on to a different theme, and Jason and I discussed three possible ideas. Uh, number one is history, world history. Secondly is love and family. And third, what was the third one, Jason? I've really forgotten the third one. What was it? Was it true crime? Or crime? True crime, yes. 
true crime. Oh, no, crime. no, no. This, well, technically, I guess there's four. There's also myths and storytelling. Oh, yes, and myths and storytelling. Okay, so we are, we are ready to decide which one we'll settle with, but you know what we'll do, Jason? In a few, we'll, I'll decide in a few days, let you know, and then I'll post it up on our social medias and the world can see. And if all the, the listeners have anything to add, please don't shy away from sending me a message on Instagram, Line, WhatsApp, Facebook, wherever you can reach us. Or email us as well, you know. Our email is somewhere somewhere around YouTube there, video. isn't it? Okay, YouTube video as well. Yeah, so don't don't be shy. Don't be shy. Please reach out to us. We are here to listen and we are here to talk and talk and talk and talk. So you know how and, we do, Jason. And with that, it's time to end the episode. Thank you so much, listeners. See you man, this is this is like later. closing a huge chapter, man. Yeah. This... <laughs> This was a really good month. I will yeah. need to say that again. And thank you. Thank everyone, you know. Yeah. And as usual, be happy and stay dangerous. Stay grateful, man. Stay grateful. Stay grateful. And stay grateful. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye, Oscar. Bye-bye, Jason. <laughs>